All right. Welcome back to the Face Off Spot. This is your host, Adam Larson. I'd like to thank you guys for tuning into another episode. I really appreciate it when you guys tune in. I also really appreciate our sponsor, Howie's Hockey Tape Company. If you'd like 10% off of any of your Howie's Hockey Tape purchases, please enter the coupon code FACEOFF10. That's FACEOFF. And then the number 10 into the coupon code area to get your 10% off. Big thanks to Howie's Hockey again. And a big thanks to my next guest. This is one that I've actually been pretty excited for. I love all the guests that I've had on, but there's just certain ones that are like, man, really looking forward to this one. I think it's going to be uh, filled with fun stories. And I've heard a lot about this guy. I have yet to meet him, um, but everything that I've heard, he's just a, a great, great individual. Um, I welcome welcoming onto the show today, um, John Morasti, former professional hockey player and uh, actor on the show Shorzy. Uh, John. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. No problem, my friend. It's great to be here. Yeah. Well, hey. Um, and so I, I don't know if you're still uh, uh, doing what I saw you were doing yesterday. Are you training? Uh, are you training horses today, John? Or was that yesterday? What's going on? Uh, every day, something different with me. But uh, no, my daughter and I actually, we're not training horses. We were up north and we took uh, five of our horses to uh, different northern communities and then offered equine therapy. So it was a a good little, good little bonding time with my daughter, Ava. Oh, well, hey, well, that's, uh, that sounds awesome. And we'll probably get into a little, uh, a little bit more of that here in just a bit. Um, but you have to start the show off the same way that everybody else does. And you have to tell us how you got interested in the sport of hockey. Uh, this might not have been the first time that your blades touched the ice. but Maybe what was the first thing the, that got you interested in it? Um, and then I know that you are a, a Cree native uh, Canadian, so... I was kind of interested to see, um, you know, because I've never had uh, a native on the show before, but I was just interested in how you got interested in the sport. You know, I just grew up like any other Canadian kid. You know, you had older guys you looked up to that played the game of hockey. And uh, obviously, it's a privilege to be able to play the game and, and get paid for it, right? Because uh, to me, it wasn't really a job. Um, obviously, the, the style of play that I did was pretty tough on my body, but at the same time, you know, just growing up and, and, and growing up in Canada and, you know, even on the reserve, you know, us kids had an outdoor rink that we were on every day for, you know, when there was no school, we were out there for, you know, 14 hours a day, freezing our, our toes off and, and getting frostbite. But uh, it's something that I loved. And, and uh, as I got older, I grew more passionate about it, started training. And, and you know, with a lot of hard work and dedication, I, I got a, an opportunity to play professional. Yeah. Well, hey, so, but when, when you're starting off as a, as a young kid, um, I mean, because I know that um, we're down here in the States and it's a little bit different up in Canada, but are you essentially taking, um, you know, the kids that, that, you know, grew up on the reservation with you? And is that your local team or are you having to go somewhere else to compete? What does that part of it look like? Oh, like, no, growing up as a kid, you know, my, my, my first nation, my reserve was only, you know, five minutes out of the town of Metal Lake. So uh, I grew up playing and playing minor hockey, you know, just like you guys down south would play football. Um, you know, and, and grew up through the ranks and, and played some tier one. And I was always one of the more elite players, I guess you could say, as a younger kid, um, you know, but I, I lived it, you know, I lived it every day. And, and you know, during even high school, you know, we'd have to write essays. And I said I was going to be a professional hockey player for a career. And, you know, the teachers would always kind of say, oh, come on now, you know, you have to have a real, a real career. So I, it was nice to be able to prove them wrong. But, you know, at the same time, just being able to, to be a role model in my community is really big for me. You know, we have a lot of struggles on the reserve, but, uh, you know, there's, you know, we, we're getting, that's not just on the reserve. It's everywhere with nowadays with the gangs and the violence and, and, you know, a lot of our, our youth are lost. So, you know, hence 
saying earlier that I, I go up to the communities and, and do a client therapy. That's a, another way I can get to them. But, you know, just being that role model for them and, and setting that example. So, yeah, you know, we, we, we offer programs on the reserve. I actually created a, a little uh, minor hockey program that we have for our Cope Walk and hockey school. Um, and, you know, you just take these young kids and, and try to start them young. And, and then hopefully, you know, if one kid grabs on, that's that's awesome. And that's success. So they're just trying to give back. And, and, and one time I was one of those young kids. A great, great thing to be part of. Well, yeah, and that that's awesome. And especially since they know that you've uh, you've grown up uh, essentially the same way. If they you know, want to reach their goals, they have to set them and then uh, continue to work hard, which I know is what you did uh, in your younger years. Um, can you kind of talk about when um, when hockey got maybe not saying it wasn't serious when you were younger, but uh, at what age are you kind of thinking about going and continuing to play junior hockey? Um, and is that a uh, is that stressful for you at all? Or were you so driven that uh, it wasn't a big deal to uh, leave home? Uh, it wasn't a big deal at all. You know, it just kind of came naturally. I had a couple older cousins that played the game at. And, uh, you know, when I was about 13 or 14, I, I was one of the, one of the better players in the province and, uh, you know, ended up going to a junior camp at the age of 15 and, and cracking the lineup. So I left home at a, at a young age and made me grow up really fast, but, uh, you know, I don't regret one thing. I met a lot of people on the way and, you know, I played, you know, in the Western hockey league, which is a major junior level here in Canada. And, uh. You know, obviously my, my role is a bit different than the average, the average hockey player. You know, as I got older, I got kind of, you know, more physical and, and kind of adapted into that enforcer role. But again, you know, it created me who I am today and, and it was awesome. It was an awesome ride. And, you know, it's, it's almost sad to, to that side part of the life, be, you know, being over. And, and uh, but it's nice now, you know, I got my, my young kids are playing hockey. I have a 20 year old son that, that played junior hockey. So it's, Nice to kind of live life through them and see them be their successes now. Yeah. Well, hey, and I do have to ask this question because you know, it, it obviously you have to have a lot of skill in order to move up and play. You know, junior ranks, professional ranks. Like you still have to be a really, really good hockey player. But when you kind of realized what your role was going to be and that you were maybe transitioning, um, you know, not from a skill player, you're still skilled, kind of transitioning into that role. Is that something that at any point that you're kind of like, oh man, I was really kind of hoping or whatever. Is that something you're like, hey, I'm actually pretty good at this and this is my role. I know that I can be one of the best, you know, uh, enforcers out there. Was there any kind of struggle there or was that transition kind of easy into, because um, I've had other guests on before and kind of talked about, you know, when they kind of figured out that, hey, uh, I am pretty good at this and this is maybe a little bit more of uh, where my value is. Um, do you kind of remember, I know it was probably a while ago, but do you remember that transition at all? Uh, not really, to be honest, you know, I, like I said, I can always play the game and, and uh, I think a lot of the, the, the fans that don't know much about hockey too much just think, oh, look, it's barbaric or it's, it's rough and tough. And, you know, that guy's no good. He's just a goon, but you know, they don't realize, you know, right now as an example, I come home to play senior hockey and Everyone knows me as a big enforcer, nasty, morasty, but little, little be known, I'm the guy that's leading the league in points right now for playoffs. Right? <laughs> um, it, it, it's yeah. tough because when you, when you, when you take on a role in hockey, you know, in my mentality, I wasn't going out there to try score goals. I was going out there to throw the body and you know try create that momentum or or throw you know throw a big hit, get into a fight, you know. So I always said that you know. If you, Give a guy like Sidney Crosby a minute of ice time a game, he's not going to really score many points. But 
you know, don't get me wrong, he's an unbelievable hockey player, but, you know, uh, when I was in that role, my job was to fight, and I'm not trying to compare myself to somebody like him, but, you know, uh, I, I took on a role that I love to do, and, and uh, you know, you people don't realize, uh, you know, how tough it, of a job it is, you know, especially when you got to those higher levels. When I was fighting big-name guys, you know, Steve McIntyre, Jeremy Oblonsky, you know, Trevor Gillies, those guys, when they hit you, they can hurt you, you know, so you know, sometimes you go, Two days before the game, you'd be having nightmares, and you know it, it was a lot of stress just because of what you had to do. Um, but again, you know those are the, the negative things. But at the end of the day, I loved what I did, and I would never take it take it back. You know, it's it, it was an awesome role to have. Uh, I, I had a lot of great friends and family down the road, and, and uh, yeah, so I just naturally transitioned into that role and and took pride in it. Well, and then I I did hear that um, that you had a and correct me if I'm wrong, but that you had a. Uh background in boxing was that kind of before um what was that before or after kind of your uh enforcer role it was actually kind of before you know because believe it or not growing up i was uh i was one of the more skilled players and 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 even in school you know being uh i i grew up on the reserve but i have a, a white mother so you know i was always kind of an outcast on the reserve being half white oh, yeah. so i got i got bullied a lot and, and so i think it was about the age of about 11 my dad put me in boxing um, you know, to be able to protect myself and, and just to create that structure and that commitment. Right. And I think that was a, a key component of, of, of my success was, was learning that, you know, to, to find that structure and to box and to have that commitment to go every day and train and, and, uh, you know, have a good head on my shoulders. So it was about 10 years old when I, when I started boxing and then I became a provincial champion and a golden gloves champion. And, um, you know, just. You know, setting those goals there kind of helped me for hockey, right? Because you had to train. You couldn't just show up and, and, and box. Yeah, you had to commit yourself and train because you're fighting against some good fighters. So uh, boxing definitely played a big role in my career. Yeah, well, hey, that's awesome. Did, and do you remember your first fight and how old you were? My first hockey fight or my first? Uh, first hockey fight, yes. First hockey fight, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, it, was, uh, it was on a reserve. Uh, growing up, we used to, we used to always play on the outdoor rinks and act like we were in the NHL. And you know, we got pretty competitive, so we throw some fights there. And and uh, but the one that comes to mind was my dad put a, a just a little scrub hockey team together. We traveled to one of the other local reserves down in Soto, and uh, there was really no age age rules. We kind of took kids that were you know ten years old to maybe fourteen, and I was probably one of the younger ones, maybe eleven, and. It was one of my older cousins from the other reserve that was a big kid. He was probably already six foot and, you know, big, heavy guy. And, and I ended up fighting him in, in center ice and did really well. And maybe that was a start to it. I don't remember. But, you know, I really started fighting when I was about 15, you know, getting into junior hockey. And, and when you actually had that competitive hockey and, and the roles you played, right? So, but, uh, no, I've, you know, I, I've had too many fights to remember. I've seen someone ask how many fights I've been in. And I bet you I've been in more than. 600 fights throughout my career, whether it be hockey or on the street or boxing. So that's a lot of fighting. Well, and you were kind of, you kind of brought up some names earlier, which I'm sure plenty of people will uh, recognize some of those names, but I was always curious, like, do you guys have like a fairly friendly relationship? I mean, or, I mean, cause there's gotta be at least a mutual respect there, but when you're talking about those guys, um, I mean, how, how much mutual respect is there? Or are there some guys that you just naturally do not like and, you know, you mean it? Or is there, is there a spectrum, I guess? Is, does that make sense? 
Is that a question that makes sense? Oh, there, there, oh definitely. There's always guys that I just don't like, you know. I'm not going right. to name them right now at the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. But uh, th- there was guys that you, you drew a rivalry to and you just didn't like them for some reason. You didn't like the way they looked, the way they acted. I, you know, I don't know. But uh, there were also guys that there were, um, you know, that were good friends. You know, a guy like Jeremy Oblonsky was, you know, I grew up with him. He's a few years older than I was, but we grew up as little kids together. And, you know, we became pretty damn close friends and yet him and I have some of the most famous, you know, fights, you know, that were considered the top 10 hockey fights of all time. Um, and, you know, so it really bothers you when you, you, you read comments or people say, oh, that was staged or it was fake because I can tell you right now, uh, I've never been in a staged or fake fight where, you know, I was withholding punches or, you know, so. Um, so if you're in a fake fight, you didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So. It makes you laugh when you hear some of the, you know, the fans that don't know much about hockey say, oh, that was staged or that was fake. And it's, you know, those guys obviously never played the game or don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, well, especially for just how much, you know, pride you guys have in yourself. I, I can't imagine, uh, can't imagine that uh, being the case there. Um, I, I kind of want to That's fast forward a, a little bit uh, right. in your career. I, 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 want, I, want, I wanted to say one thing, though, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the guys that I said I did that I didn't like, you know, there was guys in my career that we just didn't get to get along or, you know, we fought lots and there was just pure hatred there. Uh, there's a few of those guys that are actually pretty close to me now, you know, we have, so there always, there's always been that mutual respect. Just when you played them, they were just the way they were, but, you know, I love seeing guys now that are, that are past their, their hockey careers that are doing good. And, you know, and those, some of those guys were guys that maybe I didn't like back in the day, but you're always in the, in the, at the end of the day. You're always kind of rooting for them to, to be successful and, and and do good in life, right? Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, I, I did kind of want to get into um, you kind of entering your professional uh, phase of your career. Um, where uh, where are you playing juniors? Or I'm assuming that you made the transition from juniors over into pro. Uh, where are you playing juniors, and what was your uh, first professional team? Well, my first professional team was the Bakersfield Condor, who are now the uh, affiliate of the Edmonton Oilers. Um, believe it or not, that's where I actually met my wife that I'm with now. And um, yeah, so I went from playing in the Western Hockey League. I had a little bit of a a travel there when I was in junior because uh, when I was 19, my my oldest son Tristan was born. So I had a thought of changing, you know, not playing hockey and going to university and, and trying to stay home, but. Um, you know, it was in my blood to play hockey. So I ended up finding my way to, to Bakersfield, California when I was 20 years old to, to play pro. And from there, the, the career just took off. You know, I got to play in a lot of unbelievable places and places that are, are getting put on the map right now. You know, you must have heard about this, the team, the Danbury Trashers. Uh, yeah. It was yeah. ran by, yeah, by Jimmy Galante. And, and, you know, there was some Italian mafia connection there. And, <laughs> you know, so... Yeah, I, I I can't say enough about my career. I got to go to so many places, you know, to play in Russia, to play in you know New York, um, you name it. I've been there, and it was just an awesome experience. Well, and then I have to add because um, th- there are other people that I told you know, hey, like John's gonna come onto the show, and so there was a couple questions that people wanted me to ask you. Uh, but one of the biggest ones is um, where when did the uh, Mohawk start? When when did that start? Was that earlier in your career or? Um, cause that's, that's kind of like your, your trademark there, but, uh, when did that start or had you always had it? No, it started, I think somewhere, maybe in my pro career, maybe even when a junior, I might've worn a couple of times. Like I can't remember, but you know, I was always a big fan of Chuck Liddell, believe it or not. 
Mm-hmm. I used to love love watching him fight in the UFC and 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 uh, you know me being First Nation. Someone said you should wear a Mohawk though. Probably <laughs> just a better a dare. I I started wearing it and it kind of fit into me and and I enjoyed it. So I know I went back and forth. I wore a Mohawk a lot, but then there's a lot of times I didn't. So uh, yeah, it just it started a trend. I think their biggest trend that came in was in uh, in Syracuse. My very first year in the American Hockey yeah. League went. We were a last place team up till Christmas time, and and uh, we ended up turning it around, and we I think we won like twenty seven games in a row. And uh, going into playoffs, I always wear a Mohawk, so instead of you know a lot of teams in playoffs will wear beards or will wear you know they'll shave their head or they dye their hair. We also we're gonna we're gonna uh, wear Mohawks because we were a really tough team that time, that year. And uh, yeah, so we. Not only did the whole team shave their head, but I think half the arena that the, that were the fans shaved their head. You know, they they were actually paying me and Zenit Kanopka to do uh, Mohawks at the arena because we were fundraising for our fine pot because the way we played that year, we were always getting fined from the league. So to raise <laughs> some money, we, we were cutting Mohawks to the people there and that money would go to our fine. So, uh, yeah. yeah, but don't, the, fine, the Mohawk was a pretty cool thing and you know, sure enough, going on shores, Jared Pizzo says, oh, we, you, you have to wear your Mohawk. So, you know, that's, that's, that's why it's in the TV show of shores, you know, too. Well, uh, and, and I love, I absolutely love when my, uh, my guests make those transitions for me, but, uh, I mean, um, everyone loves the show, especially, I would say, especially, uh, if you're in the hockey world or you're into hockey, but how does that opportunity, uh, come to be? Did somebody reach out to you thinking, Hey, like, this is the guy that I need to be one of the gyms or how, um, how does that come to be? Well, that's a story I tell lots. You know, it's kind of funny because, you know, a guy being, you know, when at that time, 38, you know, going into my forties, yeah, you don't think you're ever going to be an actor. And, and, uh, you know, I got an email that was reached out to me, but through my work email, just, you know, asking if I would, they didn't say shorty, they said letter Kenny, you know, and I'm a guy that doesn't really watch hockey very much. So, when I was asked to be on Letter Kenny, I kind of thought I was a joke and I didn't even know what Letter Kenny was. And, uh, you know, so I came home and told my wife about it and she Googled it. And I remember watching a couple of YouTube clips of it. And I'm like, wow, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But, uh, you know, yeah. it, you know, it turns out, you know, and I started telling people around me that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to be going on this show. They were like, wow, Letter Kenny, that's the coolest show in the world, you know? So I didn't realize how popular it was. And so I, you know, I went, went and did the, the shooting and then started talking to people. And, you know, I, even in the States, I found that it was really big. You know, I'd be walking through the airport and someone would yell at me and say, Hey Jim, and phone into Vegas and, and doing some shows there was unbelievable too. So just uh, a great group of guys. And I can't thank Jared Kiso enough, you know, guys, an unbelievable person, unbelievable human being and, and, uh, you know, big supporter. He's a big, huge hockey fan too. So he's well, a lot of times sending me YouTube fights of uh, guys fighting that I didn't even see fighting. You know, he's saying, "What do you think of this one?" So, uh, yeah, you know, just everybody in that that whole show was uh, was uh, awesome, and I'm looking forward to going to shoot, shoot season two here in April. So it's it's uh, coming up soon. Uh, would you say that? Um, do, do you think acting after kind of being you know a part of like actual real production is it easier or a little bit more difficult than you had first imagined? Uh, I actually found it really easy to be honest because, you know, you get, like I said, Jared Kiso and his whole, you know, Kara, that are unbelievable people and they worked with us, right? Because we weren't actors. We were just hockey players, a lot of us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you go on a set and, and they were really, very patient with you. But, but at the same time, I mean, they were so supportive that I didn't find it hard at all. You know, sometimes 
it was the sitting around that I, I didn't like, you know, sit, you go to, you'd go to set and, and sit there for, for six hours before you'd be up. They don't know when they're going to actually use you. Right. So you're, you're sitting and waiting and it's kind of like what they say on the oil rigs up here in Saskatchewan about hurry up and wait. Yeah. You're always in a hurry to get there, but then you get there and it's like, well, shit, I'm waiting here all day. So, um, well, yeah, no, they treated us first class and it was a great, great, great experience for myself. And, you know, I'm looking forward to shooting season two now. Yeah. Well, and it's also one of those things too, to where, um, you know, if you ever watch like some hockey movies or hockey shows, sometimes you can tell that the people that they have don't actually know how to play hockey. So it just like, it brings me out of whatever I'm watching because at that point it's like not realistic anymore. I feel like Shorzy does yeah. a great job of like, oh, these guys can actually play hockey, which it just, it, um, it's, I guess I would say a little bit more difficult um, I don't know, to bring people on, like you said, that might not have acting experience, but you actually need people that can look like they know what they're doing out on the ice, you know, to, to a degree, you yeah. got to kind of, uh, bring those people in. But I did think it was interesting how you said that uh, there's quite a few people that uh, were hockey players before they happen to be on, uh, I would say probably the biggest hockey show uh, in the world at the moment. So it's, kind of, it's just yeah. interesting how that works out. Well, that's a big thing that Jared's goal was, right? Like I said, Jared's a genius. You know, he's, he's obviously the guy that, that runs the, runs the boat. But, uh, you know, he said it, it's, it's, way, it's way easier to teach a hockey player to act than to teach an actor to play hockey. So, um, you know, there was a lot of scenes where we thrived because that was our everyday life, right? So when we were doing the hockey scenes, it was easy because he'd tell us what to do and we'd do it. We, and, and he took a lot of our advice, you know, just little things about how we would, how would you hold your stick in the, on the bench or how would you set up your stall in the locker room, you know? And because, you know, he said, I want this to be a real hockey movie. I want people to know because, you know, I used to love, I loved the movie. I don't know if you've ever watched it. Young blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Rob Lowe. Yeah. You know, at the end, you know, at the very end when they fight, I mean, that's not a hockey fight, how you get in a circle and use your sticks. And then, you know, you, it's, they made it, made it like a boxing match almost. So don't get me wrong. I love that movie, but it just, that's not how you fight hockey, right? So when they would have anything in the script and ask us, you know, to, to perform it. And sometimes if we'd say, ah, I would never do that in a real hockey fight, then he would actually change it right there. So he really involved us in, in the making of the show. And, and especially when it came to the hockey stuff, yeah. so, um, again, like I said, it's, that was his goal was to make it one of the best hockey shows around. And then I think he achieved that. Yeah. I, I would say too. I would say the same, and I think uh, a, a lot of other people besides myself uh, would also say that. But uh, uh, I did want to get in and ask you kind of about something, uh, you know, because we were kind of texting back and forth trying to schedule a time uh, in order to do this. And um, it seems like you have uh, your hands in a whole bunch of jars, and it seems like you're very busy doing a whole bunch of different things. But uh, you said that you were uh, trying to get into uh, politics. Is uh, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. I'm, uh, well, I, I'm pretty involved already as it is, you know, I, I consider myself uh, a leader of my first nation and, you know, a lot of the younger kids and generation and even the younger adults look up to me with the opportunities that I've had. But, uh, I will say that I am a man of many trades. You know, my grandma even was laughing at me from California. She goes, you sure live an interesting life, you know, because, you know, next week I'm off to uh Whitehorse Yukon. Um, we're making an indigenous celebrity hockey team that John Chabot's taking lead in. And we're going to be traveling to a lot of the communities in the north and, and just, you know, playing a little exhibition hockey game against the local team and sign autographs at the end of the game and then do some public speaking and, you know, motivational speaking to the youth. And so, you know, I would do that. I do a client therapy. Uh, I opened a Tim Hortons uh, 
you know, I, I do a lot of work with my reserve, with the youth. Um, you know, I'm into acting, playing hockey. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all over the map. So, you know, that's why I tried to apologize to you there when I'm not <laughs> getting back to you. And, you know, I have a, a million people writing me to get things done. And I, sometimes I forget. So I'm happy that you, you were persistent and got back to me. So, um, yeah, like I said, just uh, I'm a man of many trades. And uh, to be honest, I don't think I can ever retire because I'd go, I'd, I'd get really bored and, and, uh, and wouldn't know what to do with myself. So I love to be busy and, and keep going. So, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving the Yukon. I'm going to Phoenix and then I'm off to uh, Ontario to shoot season two. So my next three weeks here is, is uh, quite, quite busy. Well, I'm glad that you were able to fit the show in. And it is it is kind of like an interesting back and forth because, you know, there's a lot of guests. that, um, And sometimes I don't think my listeners know this, but it's like, oh, we've been trying to find a time for like a year or like a whatever. But it's just uh, it's not letting the yeah. guest off the hook and then kind of just nudging them every once in a while without uh, seeming too needy. Yeah. Um, but uh, like I said, uh, re- obviously, really appreciate that. Um, I did kind of want to talk to you about uh, growth, uh, uh, growth of hockey. Um, inside, uh, you know, some of these uh, these nations or these reservations that you're speaking about, uh, do you see the game growing uh, within those areas that you're trying to help out, or uh, what, what what's it look like right now? Oh, definitely. I mean, you're seeing more more native people make it to the NHL now, mm-hmm. pro ranks, the junior ranks. You know, um, guys like myself, and 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 I even had guys that I looked up to, right? Like guys like Gino Ojic and Chris Simon, and and uh, you know even John Chavot, who I'm going with next week. You know, they kind of paved the way for us and we continue to do it. You know, um, you're seeing more and more of it, you know, guys like myself and John, uh, sorry, DJ King and Dwight King are two uh, Métis guys from Metal Lake in my area. Um, but those are just to name a few, you know, now in the NHL, you know, you've got a few guys in the NHL that are playing and it's really nice to see it. And with these younger kids, I kind of seen a little bit of a decline the last couple of years though with, with, you know, COVID, right? trying to trying to pick that up again and, and get these kids more active and get more engaged in, in, in community sports and stuff is, is a big thing. But I find sports is a very important part of life. You know, it keeps you healthy. It's obviously not a bad thing to play. Um, you know, especially being on a team, I think it's really important. I, that's People don't realize that, you know, how important just uh, me used to being on a hockey team with, right? Or not even a hockey team, but just any team in sports. Because in life, it's like that. You know, when I opened my Tim Hortons, we were a team of... Uh, you know, staff, you know, working at the Tim Hortons or, you know, going to acting, we were all a team. It's, it's always about working together. So it's really important. So, um, I'm going to keep pushing as much as I can. And then, like I said, I really push my, my kids to play, play sports. Yeah. And, and I, and I usually don't like to paint anything with just like a, a broad brush, but, um, it seems like, um, if you're talking, you know, uh, we're talking native professionals or even if they're not professionals, ice hockey players in general, um, it seems like the ones that do kind of like make it into the higher ones, there's almost like a, a similar toughness or grit uh, to all of them. Do you think that's something that that kind of spawns from um, just the, the the way you are or is it taught or it just it seems like it's not necessarily a coincidence that a lot of these guys are just uh, notoriously tough. I'm not a, I'm not a guy to make excuses, you know, with racism and stuff, but I always find it a little bit harder for us, you know, us guys to, to make it, you know, you have to work a little harder or be a little tougher than, than the guy beside you. And and don't get me wrong. I'm the last guy to, to, to use the race bomb, you know, but, um, you know, yeah, you, you worked hard and you know, some of us had a, a tougher upbringing than, than the next guy to us. And, 
So you, you really work hard for what you get, and whether it be uh, fighting for that spot or, or playing physical for that spot. Uh, I'm, I'm proud to play physical. You know, I, I hate watching a skilled guy that, that, you know, can't take a hit or, or give a hit. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love that a lot of our native players are, are playing pretty physical nowadays. They're, don't get me wrong, there's a few soft ones that are playing too, but uh, <laughs> you're right. You know, a majority of us First Nation players have always played the game tough. You know, guys like you know, myself, DJ King, Chris Simon, you know, Gino Ojik, um, you know, all those guys. Gino was a guy, you know, sad to hear that he passed away not too long ago, but a guy like Gino Ojik is who I looked up to growing up. You know, he was a tough native guy that got to play for the Vancouver Canucks, so. Um, it was always, it was always cool to have someone to look up to, to, to help you, you know, set your goals. Yeah. And I was always a huge beret fan growing up too. So it's just like, I, I always appreciated Gino just being on that team just to kind of, cause you knew nobody was going to dare mess with Pavel. Um, but, and then I guess yeah. they ended up having like a very close friendship. Um, obviously they, they, they yeah, they they were actually best friends. Uh, I I I ended up fighting Gino when I was about twenty years old. But uh, you know, I always followed him, and then I know him and Pavel were were really good friends. And and I know that Gino even named one of his sons after Pavel. They named a Puri Ojek. So um, that's pretty cool to see, and it's always nice to see because I always uh, me too. I was a big fan of Pavel growing up. So um, it's always nice to know that those guys, you know, even guys like uh, Wayne Gretzky, they always had someone in the back door protecting them right i guess that just to go to show you the success that they had there was someone behind the scenes that was babysitting them so yeah it's pretty cool about their relationship yeah no for sure and uh it's something that i didn't actually uh i didn't know that until after he had passed and it was like oh my gosh like it just kind of makes that even better when it's like not only do i have your back on the ice but like i'm also your best friend in life you know what i mean it just kind of brings yeah. an, an extra level to like uh what type of guy that was and uh yeah, for sure. Um, and I did have one kind of last question. Um, and I kind of asked this to, uh, if I have guests that have played, you know, high level pro like yourself, um, but have been out of the game for a little, how do you view the game as of today? Um, obviously you were a very, very <laughs> tough player. Um, you know, the game is a little different. Actually, I'm gonna go ahead and say a lot different. Uh, it's a lot different than, yeah. than when you played. Do you still, do you still enjoy watching it? Do you have a more difficult time watching it? Uh, what is your... Do you want me, what is, do you want me want, to be truthful? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to be uh, truthful. I, yeah, it's Yeah, this is open I, format. I, I absolutely hate it. I think it's so soft. I think that it's turning into soccer. Um, there's no passion, you know. And and I'm not trying to, to, to... just Not even talking about the fighting, but like the physical play, the contact, you know. If there was a game that was 5 nothing when I played, the last five minutes, there was going to be a brawl because we wanted to let them know that the next game, that wasn't going to happen, right? So don't get me wrong. The game is really skilled. These guys are really fast and they're really talented. And, and uh, But they're just, there's no passion in it anymore, I find. And, uh, you know, like I said, you'll see a game be 8-1 and not one thing was done. There was no statements made. You know, every time, every time a guy gets hit now, there's a penalty. Um, you know, I'm not trying to have guys get hurt out there, but, you know, keep your head up and play. You know, ever since I was 10 years old, I was told to keep my head up. And uh, the game, you're, you're right, the game's completely changed. Um, some people might think it's better, but me, I, I, I think it's boring. You know, you know, we had two, back then you had two, even me as a fan watching a game, if I knew that, you know, uh, 
Brian McGratton was on the ice patrolling and I'd seen Steve McIntyre on the other team patrolling, even if they didn't fight, you're always excited because something might happen, right? And you're always kind of right. into the game. And, you know, you just love to see those guys play their role, throw the big hits. And you can almost, back then, you can read when things were going to happen, but you don't have that no more. It's just four lines of, you know, European hockey players now, I find. <laughs> and, it, you know, when I, and, and a good thing is, even the, the Russians, you know, they, they were so scared of us back in the day. And I, when I played in Russia, I played, you know, a couple of years in the KHL. And all they talk about is the top Canadian hockey teams, you know, because, and it's not just the fight, it's the, the role playing, you know, your third line were always grinders that would throw the body around and, you know, and uh, we don't have that no more. It's just four straight lines of the same kind of players. And I just find it boring. Hey, not, hey. I, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't I, watch I, any games anymore. Yeah. Well, and I love the honesty. And here's one of the things that drives me nuts. Clean hit occurs, right? Clean hit. Then all of a sudden, some guy has to go try and fight the guy that gave the guy a clean hit. He ends up getting an additional penalty. So oh, it's just it, it's it's kind of silly that guys just can't take clean hits. You know what I mean? Like allow that guy to get. You know, I'm not saying you can't get. You know, get get somebody back at yeah. some certain point, but it ends up it ends up getting their team an extra additional penalty. And now you're you know yeah. you're down you're down a man because you're trying to stick up for your teammate for no reason because he's yeah. a grown man. He just he just got. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you to an extent, but actually I've seen a, a lady post on Facebook or something, a good response tonight. She was she was 100% bang on. I agree with you what you're saying. Like every time there's a hit, there's got to be a fight. That's not the case, but then I understand it too, right? Because you got to remember we were talking about teams. So if you and I are a team and we pretty much live together for nine months out of the year, right? We travel together. We're best friends. So if I see you get crushed out there and get hurt, my first response is, hey, that's my little brother. I'm going to go stick up for him. So there's 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 two ways to look at it. I, I I agree with what you're saying to an extent, but on the other extent, yeah, if I just see my best friend or my best teammate get crushed, and yeah, he's probably not gonna die, but he got hurt pretty good. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna go I'm I'm gonna go stick up for that guy, you know. So there's two yeah. ways to look at that situation, you know. But yeah, I agree. Every time there's a little hit, I don't think there should be a fight. But you you see my teammate get smashed, I can guarantee you I'm coming over the boards to get you. You know, I, I, so. I, I, th I, I think that because it does go both ways, but I think that there's just certain times where it's like the guy's off balance and it's not even like he's not injured. He's not even close to getting injured. It just like it's embarrassing how he got hit or you know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. not even. Yeah, it's just like, oh, the my teammate got a little embarrassed by getting knocked over there. So, uh, but yeah, there's there's obviously uh, multiple different ways uh, to look at. But uh, I always appreciate yeah. getting, getting getting the pros uh, opinions on on the game today. Another thing that, uh, you know, somebody had said is just, it's so much harder to play defense. Now you imagine you Sidney Crosby in the corner and you have to try and, you know, <laughs> you have to try and slow him down sometime without being able to really use your stick too much or without really being able to play. Uh, you can't check him. You can't, it really just, it's like, well, what do we, you know, what are D supposed to do now? Just a bunch of poke checks and, you know, a slight body position. It just, it, it seems like it's a lot more difficult to play solid defense when everybody's kind of, for the most part, I'm not saying you're allowed to look down at the puck, but there's a lot of people that don't keep their head up anymore, and I feel like it's because they don't actually have to uh, pay the price for doing so. It just it doesn't happen anymore. Uh, guys don't even know to take hits anymore. You know, they they get hurt because the, the dirty hits happen now is because the guy's going to the corner and he turns his back. Back then, you never turned your back, you know, head first to the boards. So I think a lot of the, the individuals that get hit and get hurt, 
are a lot to blame. You know, just like you said, guys that get crushed at center ice now, they, they put their head down. You know, 20 years ago, you were, that was a no-no, or you were going to get lit up, and, and, you, and if you did, you did get lit up, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was a tough man's game back then. It, it's a soft game now, I say. I call it Disney on ice. Well, yeah, but now you can be like 160 pounds soaking wet and go and, you know, start, put, start playing right away. Um, and I, well, I, I do think that, go ahead. I, I, well, I remember my first NHL game, I was actually getting on the plane and I remember I felt embarrassed because I was so, so small, you know, like I, I'm, I've always been a big guy, you know, 225, 230, but I was, you know, 5'10 and every guy ahead of me was 6'5", 240, you know, and I remember thinking, geez, I'm small. In today's NHL, I'd probably be a monster. Mm-hmm. You know, being 230 pounds so there's not many big guys anymore you know and, and the big guys that are, are that are there are usually pretty soft so just a different <laughs> game but, you know don't, don't get me wrong i'm not there's a lot of guys that are still there and that are doing awesome for themselves but it's just not my thing anymore and i probably couldn't name 10 guys in the nhl right now <laughs> <laughs> that's just fine that's just fine um all right well hey there's only one last uh, uh part of the podcast uh it's called the shout out, uh, essentially. Um, it's just kind of saying something positive. Uh, it could be a shout out to a person or a group of people, or it could be a, a thought or a coaching mantra. Um, it could be anything. It just has to be positive. Some people do friends and family. Um, some people do old coaches. Uh, it can really be anything, but people just have to listen to it and feel more positive than they did before they heard it. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, in a way, yeah. I guess I just give a shout out to all the people that followed me and supported me. You know, it's to this day I got a huge follow, and people are always writing me and supporting me, and it it feels nice to have that support. So, um, yeah, I just give a shout out to all the people that followed me and are my fans. So, it's appreciate you having me on here. Well, hey, I I really really appreciate uh, you coming on. Um, but I think that um, I think a lot of people see you as a very genuine person. Um, and you're very straightforward and, and honest. Um, you're obviously uh, doing a bunch of uh, good things for Native Canadians uh, uh, in your area, and I guess around uh, all of Canada. But getting to finally meet you, it makes a lot more sense why people like you the, the way that you do. Um, you're a very likable guy, and you come off a, a very genuine. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really appreciate you. But I have to do the shout-out too, John. And my shout-out is going to be for a young hockey player. He plays on the Texas Heat. 10A hockey team. Um, he came up to me while I was sitting down uh, at Torchy's, the one that's uh, located right by the rink, and he came up with his father. Uh, and they they came up and they asked, hey, um, you know, uh, Beckett would just like to introduce himself to you. And I thought that was really uh, sincere and really cool that there was a listener um, that was 10. I don't, Sometimes I don't think about the, the people that listen. I know that there's some older players that listen, some parents that listen, some uh, I don't know, uh, other people that listen, but so it was just really cool that he took his time out to come and introduce himself to me. So uh, yeah, this shout out is for Beckett Wills. They did make the playoffs. The Texas Heat have made the playoffs. So congratulations, buddy. Uh, continue to skate hard, work hard, do all the good things. And it was nice to meet you. And I'm glad that we have uh, some some listeners at younger ages, but I thought that was really cool. So anyway, Beckett, go out in the playoffs and skate hard, do well. Thanks, buddy. But anyway, uh, John, I'll let you go here in just a second. I just have to tell everybody how to get a hold of us. They can find us at faceoffspotpodcast.com. I'll say that one more time. It's faceoffspotpodcast.com. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify. I'm told any place that you can get your podcast. Uh, yeah, we have a Facebook and an Instagram. And we have episodes that come out every Thursday. Uh, 
John, did we miss anything? I feel like uh, I feel like we talked about quite a bit. No, thanks. Like again, thanks for having me, and uh, hope you guys are staying warm down south. Hey, uh, yeah, we're we're a little bit warmer now. It's been in like the uh, 80s, so <laughs> we're. I think we're back to uh, we're back to spring now. We just completely uh, missed with the exception of a couple of weeks. But uh, anyway, John, thanks again for coming on. Uh, and to everybody else, we got episodes coming up every Thursday. All right, later, guys.